Welcome to the GC On Demand podcast, a show about people, about process, about technology, about community. It's great conversations with great technologists about things that matter to you, that matter to all of us. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit gcondemand.io for all of the show notes. And with that, let's get started. All right, welcome everybody to the GC On Demand podcast. We have a GC Demand on the road. We're actually here at Round Tower Technologies, which is pretty cool because I know a lot of I know a lot more people than I thought I knew <laughs> at Round Tower Technologies, and I'm lucky enough to be with two of them here today. Uh, guys, if you want to introduce yourself, yep. we'll start with you, Renee. So, Renee Vandenbaitem, I'm the practice manager for cloud automation and DevOps at Round Tower. Also, Triple VCDX, NPX number eight, VCDX 133, blog at vcdx133.com, Twitter at vcdx133. All right, thank you for, that was, that, that covers our show. That's a good half hour. Now, <laughs> that's, a, that's a heck of a resume to start with, and we'll talk about why that's important in a second. Byron? I am uh, Byron Schaller. I do stuff with computers. <laughs> um, uh, I'm a principal architect here at uh, Round Tower, um, VCDX 231. Uh, you can find me at Byron Schaller on Twitter or vbyron.com. And it's, we're trying to think of the right thing to talk about, and it's funny, we've got so many things that we've done in the community together, and, and you guys are both very powerful community advocates, and you really share a lot of information out there. And one of the most recent things I've had folks trying to figure out is how do we find time to fit it all in? And yep. with that specifically, how do we learn? When you think about, you know, we talked about current mode of operations, future mode of operations, going from virtualization to cloud, going from cloud to container, like yep. there's a lot that's on everybody's plate and you two have both been great examples of how to be aggressive in your regular day and yet somehow seemingly pull time from the air and turn it into <laughs> learning time. But clearly, it's not magic. It's not from the years, from sleep is where it's well, coming. Yeah, that's and where it comes from. So that's, that's it's, it's funny, there's a lot of things that we kind of, we joke about, but you know, maybe let's share techniques. You know, Renee, I know you're, you have a very strong ethic on how you fit learning into your yep, day. certainly do. I have a strategy and I have a, a methodology that I follow. Now is this patented? Are we like, gonna, <laughs> do we have to license it by no. getting it out? Or? No, 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 no. I'm very open. I blog about everything. So <laughs> if I can add value, I just put it out there. Yep. So number one for me is, um, is have a laser focus on what I'm learning. So I like for example, when I was learning NSX, when I was v, learning vRealize Automation, that was really what I focused on, right? Um, and uh, it starts off with uh, a matrix where I work out what I do know and what I don't know, right? And I grade that from no zero knowledge, basic, advanced to expert, or what I would call minimally qualified uh, in the VCDX world, because the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a steep curve. Yeah. 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 So, so I've got that matrix, and that basically covers that technology domain. Sitting above that matrix, I have the entire enterprise. So everything from operations, compute network storage, information security, uh, emerging technologies like cloud native and microservices and DevOps, et cetera, et cetera. I have those listed in, a, in what I would call like a governing matrix, 
where I also follow the same thing, where do I have zero knowledge, basic knowledge, all the way up to minimally qualified. So that kind of drives how I draw, uh, how I spend my time during the year, but I'll have one matrix that I use for each area that I'm focusing on, right? This is the laser focus thing. And what I found very effective for me is to tie that to, to certification, right? right? The certification is kind of like the, the target, the end state, all right? I've, I've proved that I've validated uh, that set of skills. A lot of guys that I know hate certification. They can't stand the stress of it. So they have a similar type of process that, process that they follow, but they don't bother with um, taking a test and using that to, to prove what they're doing. Right? So it's funny when you work backwards from the anecdotal experience in, in working with this stuff, it goes back to fundamentals. You've talked about understanding your baseline, right? Yep. Documenting where we're at today, documenting uh, like a rubric of things you need to learn in yep. order to consider yourself at each layer in the skill set. Yes. And then most importantly, the goal. Right, and that's probably what the certification is a clear. That's that cheese at the end of the maze that it's gets like a, us there. Yeah, exactly. It's a reward. Yep. And the hard part, I think, for a lot of us, or for the English speaking, the most difficult part, because hard is not. <laughs> I get busted by saying that all the time. The difficult part of that uh, is, I think, people have trouble when they're learning something new is setting the goal and. Now, Byron, yes. you let I, I'm gonna. I'll come back to your day to day first, but. Setting a goal for something that you don't necessarily know you're going to use, you're you've done really well with like embracing yeah, emerging so technologies, like the bleeding edge stuff. Like when you're really out there and like there isn't a test yet because no one's written a test, and yeah, or you, that's how do you how do you gauge your learning? And for me, really, it comes down to just consuming everything I can find about a topic or a technology. And again, like focus is so important. You have to pick one go all the way down, find the bottom of the rabbit hole, and then pick your next topic. And for me, on the bleeding edge stuff, that's when, if I'm in GitHub reading issues of like, that I'm, I'm like, you know, issue 472 on this topic, or go to like, you know, I think it's Launchpad hosted the stuff for OpenStack for a while, when like, if you're there looking for answers, you've hit the bottom of the rabbit hole. Like, that's, you, like, that's when you're, <laughs> you, you're at the, you, you consume the, body of no knowledge on that subject. I and mean, stuff like, you know, Kubernetes and Mesos and all, all, all these newer texts, you know, that came out two, three, four years ago, that, 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 that first year, that's all you had. Yeah. And now it's really, when you get stuff that has, has books printed or courses, uh, some of the like, you know, even like the YouTube driven stuff, just consume the course, consume the book, consume the content, process it, apply it, and use that as your area of measure. Um, if you're really on the edge, but that's and, and, th and that includes, okay, for a particular ecosystem, whatever whatever it is, it's like, okay, how do I install it? Okay, mm -hmm. now I've installed it. Now it's yeah. running in my lab. Okay, how do I do the most basic configuration? How do I consume the most basic service? Once you've got that, you go, okay, what are the advanced services and then the expert level services or level of configuration that you can have? Then I think the next step is having a conversation with someone who's a known expert in that field is also, and that's the great thing about community, right? We know yes. a lot of people. We know where to go for those different um, uh, SMEs, subject yeah. matter experts. And that's also very important, I think, when we talk about sources of information. 
Where you really hit on, we've got obviously YouTube, we've got books, we've got community, there's meetups, there's a lot of in-person stuff, there's a lot of recorded content. Blogs, podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Plural site. So looking looking at this broad ecosystem of knowledge that's there to be consumed, there's really no excuse to say you can't find it. But how do you find a way to fit it in, in that small section yep. or even when you took of eight hours worth of learning how do you make eight hours worth of learning when you don't have eight hours in a row yep so so there's a perfect saying for that and that is if you're going to eat an elephant you're going to do it at a teaspoon at a time and the trick there is you build it into your daily schedule so so for example with my team um, I say to them you are guaranteed to be supported by the company uh, to spend an hour to two hours a day on improving your technical skill set, right? Two hours a day doesn't sound like a lot, but when you have that two hours a day, month after month, that is a lot of knowledge that you can consume and a lot of things that you can get done. And how do you actually, how do you use those two hours? When, let's just say, you've set your, you, you set a nine to 11 block, just as an example. Right. What what is 8.59, what's that start motion in order to get you into that mode? So I look at my matrix for that particular area that I'm trying to master. And then where, so I have, I actually use it as a, as a tracking schedule. So I have tick boxes where I've done things. Anything that's empty and it's basically sequential, I'm to the next bullet point of what I need to do. Right, and that may be take going back to my lab and finish configuring or troubleshooting or whatever I was working on the previous day, taking that ahead another two hours, right? And then once I've got that tick box uh, completed, then I'm on to the next one. Um, and the trick there is once you get through that particular that matrix of learning that you're trying to consume or achieve. Uh, for me, it's always exam-based at the end. Right. So I'm booking that exam. I'm in there. Knock it out. Hopefully, I knock it out the first time. If not, I wait the two weeks or whatever, and then I go back in and do it again. And that's part of the feedback loop, right? Obviously, when you take these tests, if you fail, you get a, a, matri- a scoring matrix of where you went wrong. They're the areas I need to focus on again, and that's a feedback loop. So my, my personal, the weird way that I have been able to be lucky enough to be able to work it, is that I, I work backwards and force myself, because one of the ch- personal challenges I have is pushing myself into that fixed time. So what I tend to do is I use certification as the carrot, and I bust out my credit card, I book my certification exam right. three yeah. weeks away or four weeks away, yep. and then I know I kind of force myself, and what's even, even worse is you tweet, just booked my exam, right? So there's no Public shame. Yes, right. You've effectively, you've, you forced yourself to this, totally works. to a public commitment to something. Yeah. And I did it with my VCP, and I actually failed my first VCP exam because I took the course, and I thought, okay, my practical experience should cover me. Right. And when it came to the exam, I missed it by literally just a few points, yeah. but it was enough that I like, oh goodness. And I'd kind of gone out there saying like, all right. I had to face it. Yes, did not get it because all these people were like, "Hey, how did it go? How did it go?" Yeah. So my and that it's kind of my personal way that I have to learn because if I don't set that dedicated time goal, it never happens. It really, I yeah. easily adopt slippage, especially with the type of, I mean, my particular job. 
I end up pushing in a lot of directions. And it's yeah. as much me not being able to manage my time without forcing it into that bucket. Now, Byron, what, what's you've probably got a bit of a hybrid of those two, I think. Yeah, kind of. So uh, the first thing I do really is get pull. Um, and it's either going to be some code I'm working on or at least a checklist and markdown of things I'm working on. But there's a constant documentation process going on of what I'm working on, what I care about, what I want to learn that I can go and reference back. And I, GitHub is just for me has worked out really well as a nice central place to store all that not that knowledge because I'm usually working on something code related, so that 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 that's, that helps. But there's so much more you can do there. It's like this online live diary that you can kind of keep to yourself in your own private repo if you want to of what's going on. Right. And the first thing you do is get pull. And last thing is get push. And I don't care what if I'm on my laptop or desktop or whatever. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be fresh. Mm. Um, yeah, and just for me, it really helps to be practical. Like have a use case. Do something with this technology. Like if you want to learn how to write, you know, Java, have an idea of an application that you want to write. I mean, you can sit there and study, you know, types and clauses and all kinds of nonsense all day long in theory, and it's, it's going to go right through you know, your ears. But if you say, I'm going to write this little app to do this thing, you have a goal that's finite, easily accomplished, and you can knock that thing out and say, okay, now I'm going to say, what if it did this or that, and prototype things. Especially when learning languages, that just helps so much. And with infrastructure, I find it's devoid of use case so often in the learning process, it's hard to understand why you would do something. It's like if you don't understand why you would separate workloads with microsegmentation, doing it doesn't really matter because you don't get why you're doing it. Right. And having that use case, I think even if it's a big company or whatever, really helps build that. Now, again, so it's, it's always fun. Like I said, we've even in the, no matter how you go about it in whatever method, it comes back to that fundamental. You know, setting your time, setting a goal, understanding what success is at each point within your journey, yep. and then ultimately the big success. And maybe it's an ongoing journey, It's mm -hmm. but you still need to set points at which you're these intervals of like, I've completed this task, I've completed this area in a, in a rubric. And, and, and they have to be small, achievable tasks. There's no, right. no point having one massive task, task that's going to take you six months. Or if you have a year. checkbox that says "Learn, <laughs> Go," then you're in big trouble. Like yeah. you're going to be, uh, you're going to be going too far down a rabbit hole and not yep. not knowing where you're at. And, and for people who are VMware focused, um, the one of the nice things about the VCP, VCAPS, VCDX, there's a blueprint there that is actually quite consumable. Yes. So you can take that blueprint, stick it straight into an Excel spreadsheet, and that there's your first matrix for your first for your first learning objective. And I know like Chris Wall documented his Cisco certifications. He does it through his Pluralsight course mm -hmm, for them. Right. And he also publishes like a blueprint and kind of like the, and it was neat too. He showed like his, his VMware learning journey as well. And it was, you know, tasks based in the rubric. And then it was through the GUI, through the CLI, through Power CLI. Yeah. And it was, and even he had breaking, broken it out mm -hmm. into the very distinct areas and that was, Again, a good, unique way to do it that was very, it was sort of certification oriented. Right. But even when you're not certification as your goal, like there's definitely ways that you can say, whatever the use case is, write that down and, mm -hmm. and have that, that written out. And now, speaking of writing out, how do you learn while you're learning? Like what's your, What's the thing that makes it stick in your head? I know we talk about like the mechanical process of writing things. Right. Sometimes it's helpful for people. Some people it's yep. typing. Some people it's yep. so. So for me, so my 
my short-term memory is very good for pictures. Um, so what I do is when I'm understanding a concept from day one, I print out poster size or I have poster size pieces of paper and then that is where I'm putting in notes and drawings and whatnot as I go through my learning journey, right? Um, so for example, with VCDX Prep, I had a BCDR piece of paper, I had a storage piece of paper, I had compute network, uh, information security, right? And that's where I put all the high level concepts on. It's kind of like a mind map, I suppose yep. you would say. And then from the center, you just go out and then that's how you tag I would say tag mentally that information. And then when you're in the exam, or whether it's uh, the VCDX defense or a VCAP or whatever, you're kind of referring that to that in your mind to refresh your memory on, on, on what you need to do and where to find certain things that you need to either talk about or implement within, uh, within the exam. Byron, what's your, what's your thing that makes it stick? For me, it's teaching. Yeah. Um, so they have the whole like old surgery mentality of watch one, do one, teach one, right? And it's mm -hmm. explaining it to others makes me remember so much better. Like I know during the VCDX prep stuff, being in, that's why the whole study group thing is so important because sure. I, I thought I was an idiot and I would like end up explaining things to people and being like, no, I really do know this. And like not only yeah. do you help them learn, but like you validate your own stuff and you're saying, okay, I do know this. Yeah. It's no longer this like Zen mystery to me, and you 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 don't even consciously do it, but you like it's almost an out of body thing of like you watch yourself explaining it, and you're like, oh, he knows what he's talking about. Oh, wait, that's me, and <laughs> and, and then it kind of clicks, and you're like, okay, and that 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 interaction, I I, I like people a lot too. So just the whole talking with peers and stuff, yeah. I think it really is helpful for me. And there's a lot of ways to interact for people of different personalities, like whether mm -hmm. it can be through, literally it goes back as IRC, you know, on the Slack, open side that's still yeah. super popular, right. uh, Slack, of course, Twitter. There's lots of ways to interact with people, mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily have to be in person, and yep. yet it can be, you know, that's the good thing. But I think the interaction feedback is an important part of it. So, all right, go back to fundamentals. Goal. You know, task management, being able to track your your progress, being able to mechanically create a way to keep that information in, sharing, and I, I think and, all these are good. And, and sharing includes blogging. That's another way. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's right. That's sharing for yourself too. I mean, how many times have you gone back and read your own, own blog post of like all the time? Yeah. I've got to do this. Oh, I'm going to go Google myself, and it's the weirdest thing, but yeah, it's like your own online memory. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it yeah. is cool. When you're doing something regularly, it becomes almost by rote where you do get that. But I've done a lot of things where I'll do like a one-off thing, mm -hmm. and I've looked back at like Power CLI scripts that I that I wrote when I was doing it all the time, you know, like full time, and like, good golly, who wrote this? <laughs> like, this is really <laughs> this is really well done. <laughs> and then I'll look at another one that was maybe three months later. And it's probably, I learned a lot, and so the style changed a little, and it was, you can see the nuances that you yeah. get, especially with code, it's such a, the, you know, it's the classic thing of the, the kid with his, grabbing his hair, looking at his laptop, saying, my, co my code doesn't work and I don't know why, and then right below is, my code works and I don't know why. <laughs> it's even worse, right? So, yeah. And, yeah. and then, you know, there's challenges, and I think that's probably the most important thing that anybody can share, is how has it gone wrong and what did you do to yep. get beyond so, that? So, so this type of thing, particularly for us as technologists working in this field, 
uh, one of the things I say to people is if you if you hate change, then you're completely in the wrong business. <laughs> yeah. yes. You need to start selling tires or something or work in a supermarket, you know, something that doesn't yeah. change at all. <laughs> right. So number one is passion. So obviously, and this goes without saying, you must, you obviously need to be passionate about this. You know, it needs to be something that, uh, that when you get up in the morning and you go to your job, you're like, yeah, let, let's get into it. Right. So. With that being said, you have this passion, you have this drive to succeed, to learn, to continue growing. Uh, one of the things that you really do have to watch out for, particularly when uh, you have very aggressive learning schedules, is burnout, right? Yeah. And I suppose. And family. And, and of course, you. Yeah. So, so obviously, there, right? You, you've got eight hours in a day that you dedicate to your job, right? Five days a week, right? So that there should be all passion driven. Uh, obviously, that's going to creep into your personal life, depending on what you're doing and where you're at, right? Yeah. We all have family lives, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously, there you need to have a balance. That's important. Super um, important. So the indicators for me are when my wife starts tapping me on the shoulder, are we doing anything today? That's when I know, okay, maybe I'm going a little overboard. The other one is if my passion starts to diminish and it feels like it's a chore with what I'm doing, with what I'm learning, I know, okay, I need to wind it straight back. That's one of the, those are the two big indicators for me, of, um, of of what's going on. And also, if I'm feeling really stressed and I'm kind of like uh, there's too much to do and there's not enough time to do it, I know okay, I'm I'm doing a little too much. I yeah. need to start winding it back. So I would say those are the three indicators for me. How about you, Byron? Yeah, I mean when your daughter comes downstairs and you're like, Daddy, I haven't seen you in two days. You're like, <laughs> Oh, I should probably go upstairs and actually like talk to my family. But yeah, I mean, yeah, balance is super important there, especially if you have little kids and stuff. It's, it's really, really, really take time for that. Um, for me, the hardest part is what you learn and how, I guess. Um, you can go kind of too far off the map where it becomes unproductive. Like, uh, there, I, I forget who said it, but there's this whole study about how the human brain like learns best by uh, tangential things, things that are like things you already know. Right. And if you go like way, way, way the deep end where it's just completely new bleeding edge stuff where you're, you're, you read some article about it and it could be written in you know, Aramaic for all you care because it makes no sense, you're, you're, you're too far. And learning that and learning how to recognize that of, okay, I kind of get it, I got some questions, but I can figure it out that's a good sign if you're starting to read stuff and you're just like, I have no idea what these words mean. You're not gonna learn that. You can try and consume it, you can try and work on it, but 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 but, but pull back from there and work on the stuff that's, you know, stair steps or, you know, increments for, of what you already know. And I think that can help you avoid burnout as well because when, right. you, when, you, when you dive in and go all Zen monk on it and you're like, I'm gonna sit here till I understand the sound of one hand clapping whether it's today or the next month, I'm going to do it. That's unproductive. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that's where mentoring comes in as yes. well. Find mm -hmm. someone who already has mastered that area and get them to help you get up to speed quickly so you're not heading in the wrong direction. Oh, my goal every day is to be the dumbest guy in the room. Yeah. I mean, just, just, just listen to others and learn what they have to say. And because yeah. uh, that's... Uh, free training from your friends is the best training there is. Right. I mean, that's, that's no idea. He's just hanging out. And but but don't, don't get me wrong. There, I mean, it's free training, but there's serious value in what your peers have to t you know tell you and teach you. And by by all means, use that. Yeah. And that's probably one of the most inter interesting things, or the most important thing to realize, is that as a technologist, 
it is changing so like just to just to be an expert in vSphere is almost a full-time job right yeah with the different releases that are coming out and how the VMware ecosystem is continually changing and expanding you're never going to be a master of everything it's impossible right and this is what I said earlier the more you learn the more you realize you don't know right you want your objective should be to have a functional understanding of the entire space right the entire data center, all everything from operations, compute network, storage, BCDR, et cetera, et cetera, uh, cloud native apps, microservices, containers, et cetera, et cetera. You want to have a functional understanding, right? But what's really good is you want to have a friend who you can call who's an SME, yeah. a subject matter expert. Right? And then how do you fit in when you're, you've got your schedule, you're in a two-hour learning block, you know, I'm assuming you kind of go in a deep work type of methodology, which means you're shutting off notifications, you're doing other things. What do you do during that learning time to, to maintain that focus? Yeah, no, good question. Um, yeah, so definitely, obviously, email. So all distractions need to be cut out. So you're not on Twitter, you're not on LinkedIn, you're not on Facebook, uh, you're not checking your emails all the time, you're not taking telephone calls. Um, very important, because if you get distracted, you never get anything. And that's true for any type of work that you do, yeah. where you need to focus and, and just get it get it finished, you know, knock it out. I think even for people to start with small blocks, if they have difficulty with the one hour, two hours, sort of like just take 15 to 20 minutes and yeah. literally shut it all out, dedicate to a task, whether it's put in noise canceling headphones and yeah. like dive I, in. I would say 30 minutes is probably the, the, the smallest block that you want because just to flick that switch to kind of prime the engine and, and get and into to actually get down so yeah. like, it's like um rem sleep yeah it takes your time to get down to that right. level right so i think 30 minutes is a good start yeah. i think the pomodoro technique also is a helpful one for folks that they, they, they learn that you Lame can get in yeah. and it's it's funny it's the opposite it assumes that you're going to work for a long period of time but need breaks along the way versus the deep learning method, which is you literally need to shut everything out and just throw yourself into things. And it can be for an extended period of time, but I think within that two hour, one hour, whatever it is, you do have to make sure you can measure yourself. Am I, am I still being effective? And then um, yeah, good, good point actually. So, so there, the, it goes without saying that obviously you need to take a buyer break of some sort. You're probably keeping your coffee cup filled up or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and of course, what I'm talking about is what works for me. You know, obviously, there's loads of different ways yeah. of doing things. What works for me may not work for you. It's just a matter of uh, finding finding that balance, I suppose. Yeah. How about you, Byron? Uh, what works? I've got a lot of gray hair, and I'm going to make it even more <laughs> right now. Because if I want to really learn something, I can't be on my computer because I can't close Twitter. I'm just I can't close the button. I don't know. Um, so. I, it's got to be on paper, and I've got to have a highlighter and a pen, and oh. print it out or a book or whatever. And like old you, school. If, yeah. If you don't <laughs> really right. like digest something like in your soul, that's what that's how you do it. Yeah. Well, at least for me. But it's uh, yeah, just if you're at your computer and you're, I mean, watching videos and that's great. But try to like stream those to your TV instead, so you don't have your pop-ups. You know, put your phone in the next room. I know that's crazy talk, but. You know, yeah, we used to it. live without them. Like we know, we it wasn't too many years ago that you pages. didn't have it all the time, right? Uh, another one that I yeah. find is a helpful technique, especially personally, yeah. is stop 
I'm losing my focus, I don't feel like I'm gaining anything, literally pull myself out, but don't go back to work, don't go back to whatever. For me, I pick up a guitar, and I just go through a mechanical thing that takes me away from that something. That relaxes you. Yeah, whether it's like pick up a video game or something, or rather right. like there's certain things that you can do or go for a quick walk or yep. there's like, I don't have time to go for a six hour bike ride in the middle of every moment of the day. But so that's a good yeah. place. I can, I can stop for 10 minutes, do something and it literally shuts me out of everything in a different type yep. of focus. And it's like the shower thing, right? They say that when you take, when you take a shower, all of a sudden you're like, Oh my goodness, I just had this idea. Because you suddenly yeah. stopped doing everything. Yep. Focused on one thing. And when you suddenly stop yeah. thinking about it, your mind releases. And it yeah. you, and that's your sub subconscious. It's off processing problems or whatever. Yeah. You just need to get yourself into a state where you can listen to your subconscious. And that's like take your dog for a walk, sit down, have a chat to your wife, play your guitar. Yeah play video games or whatever, just switch off for a bit and, uh, and off you go. One of, one of the things you said earlier I wanted to draw back to was uh, you were talking, Byron was talking about if you're completely off left field and you have no idea what's going on, um, that could be an indicator that maybe you, you've taken on too much. Um, when I think of guys who have done a lot and have a very broad range of skills, you're the one who pops into my mind, and I'm, I'm pointing at Eric <laughs> yeah. for the listeners. I agree. Um, yeah. So you definitely have covered a lot of technolo technological areas, that's for sure, particularly since you joined Turbonomic. Yeah. It's been a big time. Yeah. How has that experience been? How have, what have you found that worked for you and didn't work? Yeah, same thing, and it's a lot of the fundamentals we talked on. You know, set a goal, set a thing where you think, I I know something. It's that Keanu Reeves matrix where you're like, oh, you pull the thing out of the bag and say, I know Kung Fu. Like, I, I suddenly have a, a starting point where I'm understanding what I'm about to do. Right. Having a practical use case to, to work with, that's probably the most important thing for me. You know, taking, like, I could say, oh, I want to learn how to use... I was like getting into using Vault, a HashiCorp tool oh, yeah. for like secret management. I'm like, this is great. Go through demos, set up my first, I run a quick blog for other folks using the, you know, the, the idea of teach and that helps you to mm -hmm. learn. Yeah. And then as soon as I get that done, all I think to myself is I need a next use case to actively do this. And that's literally taken it completely off of my plate for a while because I know I've got to do other things to reach the point where I can re-inject it as a use case. Yep. But yeah, it's you know looking at all the areas, finding other experts in the field and other you know SMEs. Watch a lot of YouTube, and again, small manageable chunks. Yeah, it, it's an important thing of you know knowing somewhere to look to at least just slightly advance yourself. You've because if, if even if you work for quite a while, it's tough. It's frustrating because you you may not have success, and I've had it where literally. My wife will just be like, everything okay? Like, I don't even know that I'm, like, I'm, like, literally, like, wringing my hands just, like, or I'm typing harder right. on the keyboard because <laughs> it's, like, I've probably hit this frustration and I don't realize that there's, I'm in trouble. There's, there's indicators that you don't realize, but everyone around you goes, ooh. <laughs> exactly. You all good? <laughs> there's, there's a problem in Eric's house. <laughs> So it's it's really, yeah, and, and especially because I'm lucky in that my particular job, I get to touch a lot of things 
and it's always, but even since the start of my career, I've always been a dabbler. Right. I've always loved knowing enough about everything to be able to be conversationally intelligent yes. about it. Yeah. So yeah. that I can start a conversation and then learn. And yeah. it's completely selfish. I love learning enough about a technology so that I don't sound like a complete rube if I were to talk to somebody. Yeah. So that then I can say, well, it's interesting you say that. How do you, f and yeah. I, uh, I interview everybody, yeah. right? Yeah, and that comes back to what I was talking about earlier. You want to have a functional understanding of everything. You don't, obviously, it's impossible to be an expert on everything. And uh, it means you can have an intelligent conversation. Exactly. If folks listening take nothing away from this whole conversation, take what Eric just said, because that is genius. I mean, being able to ask just one starting question and then just shut up and learn, dude, you're golden. And that's, that's, that's a fantastic way to learn. It's, yeah. uh, I, I think these are good techniques. We'll, we'll do some write-ups in the show notes. Thank you to both of you, you know, again, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of the way that you both have attacked learning and made it a part of your lifestyle. Yeah. And hopefully the folks that are listening can kind of take some stuff away from this. And how do we get a hold of you guys individually if they want to ask more questions and, and learn a bit more? Yep. So on Twitter at VCDX133, VCDX133.com is the blog. Just uh, at Byron Schaller, B-Y-R-O-N-S-C-H-A-L-L-E-R. Um, and I promise I'll try to get back to you, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that in itself is a challenge of, of community. Sometimes there's a, a little too much of it to be able to always get back fast. Yes. But we, we do our best to try. And again, you know, for folks that need to reach me, I'm at Disco Posse on Twitter. Uh, you can find me in the Green Circle community. I'm Disco Posse in there. Uh, and yeah, there's lots of events we can always find each other at. And of course, uh, thanks to everybody for listening and thanks to both of you for sitting in today. Thank you very much. Thanks, Eric. If you like what you heard here and want to hear much more, don't forget to subscribe to the GC On Demand podcast. You can go to gcondemand.io where you'll find the links in order to catch us in iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, and more. So go to gcondemand.io. Don't forget to rate us in your podcaster of choice and look for much, much more. Have a show idea? Tweet us at GC On Demand. Thanks for listening.